Man, I don't know about you, but if God's handing out jobs, being a pilot for Jesus in Africa sounds like a pretty good one to me. That just looks amazing, doesn't it? I don't know if you know this, but our church has, um, one time um, God was just faithful. We were just people in this church that give to missions. We have like 40-some missionaries that we support. And uh, a couple times, I just mentioned last service, obviously we try to help our missionaries with all their needs, but uh, one time we were able to send MAF just $1,000 for fuel so they could do just that, deliver boat engines and, and travel pastors in places that would take them over a day, and they could do it in like 10 minutes. I mean, incredible stuff. In fact, we had a group, uh, Men's Team Challenge uh, in, in Renton. We did, they didn't have a relationship much with them at the time, and we said, we heard you have an appliance you need. Here's $1,000 from True Grace Church. They were like, where's True Grace Church? We said, we just heard about you, and our congregation gives missions, and we we want to help. Isn't that cool that we can do stuff like that? So thank you for being a giving church. There's some tables in the lobby. Um, some of our 40-some missionaries are out there today, and I got a list that was given to me. We have Women's and Adult Teen Challenge in Graham. Um, we have Phil Prieto with City Gates. We have Weston Allison from Malawi, Africa with us today. Mary and Henry who are doing YWAM Switzerland. Uh, Dale Wall with the Christian Motorcycle Association. Come on. I got to be honest, Dale, my wife will never let me join the Christian Motorcycle Association. <laughs> Dig Netzer for Drew Grace Missions, Ashley Wambach, Compelled to Care, Nate and Rachel from Freedom Session, Mark and Christie from MST Ministries, uh, Faith Harvest Helpers with Paul Shore, Pat Ramsdale in the group, and then Wes and Vicki, U.S. Map Strips. So can we just stop and just thank all those people out there for all that they do uh, to serve the Lord? It's really fun to support the, the local missions organizations and also, also those who serve the Lord throughout the world. So thank all of you who serve uh, the Lord in that way, all right? Our message today is uh, called Living on Mission. Um, before I get too far down the road, if you do not know, in our church, we, we pass out what we call a faith promise card every year about this time. We're actually going to pass these out in next week's gathering and invite you to come bring that and set it at the altar. And it's just our way of saying, God, with your help, we're going to give X amount of dollars to help fund these missionaries. Um, every year we let our missionaries know after the first uh, couple weeks of March, hey, we can continue supporting you or we can support you more or we have to cut back somewhere if the giving is not strong. So it's important that you fill out this card so we know, hey, how much can we give to those uh, missions and missionaries? So um, if you're not going to be here next week, if you could take that out of the seat back in front of you, drop it in the giving container in the back, that will help us out as we tabulate that as well, all right? So we just finished a six-part series called Call to Be a Disciple, and today we start this new uh, series called Living on Mission. I love that title because everywhere you go, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are living on mission. So you're living on mission like if you're here now in the sanctuary, and when you go to the lobby, you're going to live on mission in the lobby. right? And if then you go to the parking lot, you're going to live on mission there, and you're going to live on mission in your house, especially if there's other people there. And when you go to work, you're, you're living on the mission. You are on the mission with Jesus every day of your life. It's not just like, hey, I said a prayer, so I'm going to try to wait till heaven comes. I'm going to live my life to make a difference for God every day, everywhere I go. That's living on the mission. God has called you to make an impact on the world. By the way, God is not called like, like missionaries and pastors to make an impact in the world, and we support them. God has called every single one of us who are followers of Jesus to make an impact on our world. And he'll, he will resource you and give you the strength and what you need to do that. The challenge is this, we don't want to settle for a casual Christian life. Just be nice, get through the day, mentally believe in God, but it doesn't sacrifice, it doesn't cost you anything. 
It doesn't scare you in any way. I want to challenge you with this. Like, maybe your faith needs to be stretched in a way that you're like, God, this is going to make me sacrifice. This is going to make me uncomfortable. This is going to push me to trust in you, perhaps greater than I ever have before. Listen, when you get to the end of your life, those are the decisions that you'll be glad that you made. Well, I did this thing where one time I did what I knew I could do without God. Do something that scares you, that takes God, your dependence on God, fully trusting God in your life. God has called you to make an impact on the world. There are hurting people all around you. People who don't know about the love and the grace of God. If you've experienced the love of God, the grace of God, man, if you're living with the knowledge that you can be forgiven because of what Jesus did and you have the hope of heaven, then share that with somebody else in your world. God has called you to make an impact on the world. There's a TV commercial. It was by Mercedes-Benz. I have six of them. Just want to see if you're listening. I have a Kia, and it's better than a Mercedes-Benz, all right? So... But this Mercedes-Benz commercial came out, and they smashed this Mercedes-Benz into a concrete wall. And um, as the commercial plays on, um, someone asked the Mercedes engineer uh, why their company does not enforce their patent on this energy-absorbing car body. And here's what happened. Somebody had kind of came up with this idea of a... Of a airbag and someone had come up with the idea of a seat restraint but nobody had figured out how to put those two together and really keep people safe but this engineer this German engineer figured how to do it for Mercedes and they put it together and it was saving lives and multiplying the effect of each device by like a hundred times and they patented that device but other car companies stole it and they copied it and they used it over and over again. And someone asked the, the Mercedes company and the engineer why they let people do this. And here's their answer. Because in life, some things are just too important not to share. I mean, if that's not a mission statement, I don't know what is. Jesus is far too important to not share. The hope that I found, the love that I found in Jesus, I want everybody to experience that as well. It's going to pour out from you if you're a Christ follower because when you find the answer to the world, and by the way, the answer is not found in entertainment and comfort. We can entertain ourselves to death. We can comfort ourselves to death. The answer is not found in stuff. It's not collecting things. And as great as human relationships are, the answer is found in eternity, in the eternal living God, the Savior of the world. The answer is Jesus, and he's too important not to share. So we don't want to settle for a casual Christian life. I remember being 23 years old and I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I don't want to just settle for the American dream. I was young. I was single. I said, God, I don't want to just go to church, get married, have 2.7 kids, get a white picket fence and live a comfortable life, grow old and die. The .7 kids is the golden retriever dog. Okay, that's why we had that. I don't want to settle for that. I want an adventure. I want, I want a life that's bigger than me, something that I can't figure out on my own, and it's going to take God and the help of God in my life. Is that possible to do that? God, make new waves and do new things in my life. I don't want to settle. Listen, church, I believe we are created for more than what we can make for ourselves, and you're certainly created for more than what the world can offer you. I'm going to bring up uh, some friends throughout this message, so I'm going to invite Henry and Mary Eisenberg if they'll come join me. Would you give them a hand as they come? So Henry and Mary, you guys are on this kind of crazy risk adventure thing that's kind of uh, insane a little bit. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing, like who you are and what you're doing. Right. So I'm Mary and this is Henry. Um, so I've been going to this church my entire life. Um, like I say, Peter and I go way back here. Mm -hmm. um, so part of growing up here is that there's always been such a strong missions focus. 
And so what we're going to be doing is that we're with an organization that's called YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission. Mm -hmm. We are doing a discipleship training school. So part of YWAM, what their mission statement is, is knowing God and making God known. Mm -hmm. So part of a DTS, it's a five-month program. The first part being a lecture phase, which is the, like, what is it? Yeah, no, not school. I was like, wait, knowing God. (laughs) That's what it is. Um, So it's knowing God, it's growing and learning about him. And then the second part is two months on outreach, which is making God known. Mm -hmm. So this is being the hands and feet of Jesus. It's going out and doing, you know, the evangelizing. It's doing the work. It's doing anything that we are asked to do and just saying, okay, here we are. Here's where we're going. And, and you're a bit of a planner. So to, to <laughs> I'm very much off. a planner. <laughs> and there's, there's planners in this congregation who are like, you're going to go out, and you're going to go for three months to kind of do the school, work on you, yeah. but then you're going to take the next six, eight weeks and go do outreach, and you don't know where that's going to be. Yeah, so part of this is that we are going to Switzerland for our lecture phase, and from there we are going to outreach, and we have no idea what country we're going to. We don't know exactly what we're doing, but we're just saying, okay, God, if this is what you're calling, we're planning to go. So kind of the why behind what we're doing is, so about four years ago, we went down to another YWAM base, Gleanings for the Hungry, and I said, you know, Henry, like, if you ever want to be with me, you're going to have to go, because, you know, I had a call for missions on my heart, and I said, if we don't have this call together, I don't think that this is going to work. Mm-hmm. So he came, he came alongside me, and while we were there, you know, God had really just put this on his heart, and last summer, we were there again with the church, mm-hmm. and we both had kind of looked at each other and we're like, you know, I think that God is calling us you know, sooner than we anticipated. We mm-hmm. thought maybe this is one day down the line, but then, you know, we started looking into like, well, what are the different, you know, DTS options? And I kind of saw this one because a lot of DTSs have certain focuses. And this was the only base in the whole world that had a marriage-focused DTS for only couples. Mm-hmm. And I said, Henry, what about this one? And he looked at me, and he's like, that's a lot of obstacles. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I don't think that we're going to be able to do this one. That's not happening. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he, much, he said, that's not happening. And I said, you know, but what if God does call us? Like, what if God did make a way? And so during this, you know, we said, If you okay. want to join the uh, God and your, your spouse was correct and you were wrong club, you can meet with me on Tuesdays at 7, okay? That's fine. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we just said, okay, God, if this is your will and this is your way, we will just do whatever that you ask. Yeah. So for you, Henry, this, how does this play into your job and figuring all these details out of where you are in life and trusting God? that he has you guys taken off to Switzerland and putting life on hold, house and job Gosh, and all Yeah, that. no, so trusting God is, like, not the easiest thing in the world, but we've literally learned how to do it. I mean, we got married in the middle of COVID right at the very beginning, so we're like, okay, we have to drop all of our plans to see what God has for us now, trust in that. And then even, yeah, just, like, in the whole planning of, like, okay, is this when we're supposed to go? Because it wasn't a question of if mm-hmm. or when, sorry, it was a question of when. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know when it was going to be. So yeah. then uh, we started looking at all the details of like, okay, so my school went from a five-year school to a four-year school. You started your own business. And so then we had a little more flexibility in our planning. So then really, then we just started looking at each other after gleanings last year. And we're like, I think this is when, this yeah. is now when we're supposed to go. So we did that. And then even just like, I mean, yeah, we said we were going to go. And then, I mean, my wonderful wife, who has a lot of skills and planning and details and all those things, is uh, going to be going on this trip for five months outside of the country where we don't know all the details. And yeah. she has this overwhelming peace over her. So, of course, I'm going to be like, okay, if God is giving her this peace, I have to trust him. I just have to take a step and act. Yeah. So, 
So this is a time where you could be, you know, looking at security. I think you mentioned yeah. last service, yeah. and you're looking at adventure. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah. So pretty much of Henry being an electrician, that we've had this plan for years. We knew exactly when he's going to be graduating, and so. Up until this point, been like, okay, so once you graduate, you know, we're looking at making a lot more money. We have a lot of goals that we want to hit. We're not paying for school. Yeah. And then for the last few years, though, we said, but what if that's when God calls us? Like the second that we're about to receive so much more than what we already have. Mm-hmm. So that's really that. taking that. Like we're not going to do the cookie cutter household thing. We decided, like, you know what? We're going to put that on hold. God's more important to us. We're going to take a leap of faith and really live on adventure and missions and just trust God in that space where we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, to put uh, financial security aside and say, okay, Lord, this is your call. We're going to go. Um, That's amazing. And we affirm that and believe that. And we're going to get behind you guys in every way. Let's give them a big hand, can we? I love that. That's inspirational. The reality is this, uh, for all of us, there, there are times where we can kind of go, you know what, God, this would be kind of the easier way to go. And uh, the reality is when you trust God for what's harder, it always turns out to be uh, the, the best way. If that's God's plan, listen, God's plan is always going to be best, amen? Not, may not be the easiest, it may cost you a lot, but it's worth it in the end. So thank you guys for doing what you're doing. Here's the reality. We want to be more than just believers. We want to be disciples, Right? More than just mental ascent, we want to actually be disciples, like, like people who really follow Jesus and go where Jesus would have us to go and do what he would have us to do and talk and say the words that he would have us to say and that he would shape our lives. Point number one is this. Believers know, but disciples know and go. Right? It's more than just, I know it. I know that God is real, but I, I, there's action to my faith. It's not just believing in something in your head. It's actually doing something with your, with your life. Disciples of Jesus are on the move because he's on the move. And listen, they are on the lookout to be used by God every day in their lives. Come on, church. If we're going to live on the mission, we're going to say, God, if you're up to something in this city today, use me. If there's somebody that needs to be prayed for today at the store, use me. If there's somebody in my workplace that needs someone to care and ask a deeper question, if someone's coming into church today and their world got shook upside down, use me. Because I want my life to count for eternity. I don't want to collect some stuff and then die. I want to shape the world. I want God to use my life. Disciples of Jesus are on the move and they're looking to be used by God everywhere they go. They're living on the mission every single day wherever they go. I wonder if someone sitting near me needs prayer. I wonder if someone needs to hear my story. I wonder if if I have a friend that I could invite to church and God might minister to them. Someone in my job. Listen, this is what the Bible says, Mark 16, 20. The disciples went everywhere and they preached uh, and the Lord worked through them confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Everywhere they went, God was using them everywhere. When you are on the go living for God, attempting to impact others, you're never alone. God is with you. He's going to be with you. He's working through you. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Living like a missional life every day, asking God to use you, not only is that a minority in the world, that's kind of rare, but it also makes you a little bit different even in the church. Because not everybody who's part of a church family gets up and goes, Lord, I want to live on the mission with you today. Let me do something spiritual, eternal, supernatural. Use me today in somebody's life. Live on the mission with Jesus. It's a unique way of living. 
You're not just getting through the day. You're not just surviving the week. You're not living for pleasure or comfort. You're looking to know the Lord and be used by the Lord to impact someone else every day of your life. And listen, there's plenty of practical ways to do just that. I'm going to invite my friend Phil Prieto, who leads City Gates uh, Ministries here in Olympia. Would you give him a big hand as he comes? Phil, would you just smile at the church family out there? This, this guy has a smile that could, like, we could turn off the electricity and it still light up the room, uh, the way he smiles. And so Phil and I, we went to Peru together 10 years ago, and I love to tell the story because the hotel clerk there didn't speak English, and he doesn't speak Spanish, and by the end of the trip, they were best friends because <laughs> they just smiled and pointed and laughed together, and it was amazing. So here's a picture of us uh, there in Peru. I'm not sure who let me wear those shorts on that trip, Phil, but you look great. You look great. <laughs> And uh, we had just kind of walked through that mausoleum, and that was a really crazy story there. But, um, Phil, you do a, a ministry in this town called City Gates Ministry. What is it, and why do you do it? Really, City Gates Ministries is a ministry developed to allow you to serve. So you're City Gates Ministries. Mm-hmm. And, and I just want to take the time right now to just say thank you for your support. Thank you for all the volunteers and all the, the, the financial support. In fact, the financial Mm-hmm. I got a call a little while ago mm-hmm. about, from a lady who was quadriplegic. And she said that she didn't have the money to buy the bed pads and the Depends that she needed. Mm-hmm. And your support allowed us to start supplying those for her. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity one day to d- deliver her supplies of Depends and, and bed pads. And, and she just cried. We pray for everybody that we, we bring provision to and she cried she says Phil I wish I could serve I wish I could do something and I said you can you can serve and she got upset you know Phil I'm in bed you know I can't get out of bed you can leave now and and (laughs) so so I got my car left five minutes later she calls me and she you know arrogantly pastor Phil what would you have me do you know I'm, I'm going oh man what I you know and thank God we have a God that gives us the answers when we're, you know, in those kind of positions. Because I, I told her, I said, you know, there's so many people that give to the ministry mm-hmm. all year long. Mm-hmm. They give and they give and they give to help people like you. Mm-hmm. I said, I didn't buy your depends. Mm-hmm. So that was provided by people that I don't even know. And I never get to take the time to say thank you. Yeah. So would you do that for me? Mm-hmm. And she has been calling all our donors and all our, our, our friends that wow. give just to say thank you. And she's developed a ministry around it. Wow. And I, I say that because all of us are called. Yeah. Every single one of us is called to do yeah. something. Yeah. And, and just having that, this is where City Gates Ministries is able to provide avenues for each and every one of us. So you guys have food ministry, housing ministry, street ministry. Some people from our church serve in those things. Many yes. people give. We give monthly for our missions department to, yeah, to what you do. And, but you guys do it not just in a humanitarian way, but you always do it in a Jesus-centered way. Yes. Yes. Prayer is the most important. In fact, I just got a call. We do a, a ministry on the street mm-hmm. every, every Thursday night. We, uh, we serve on the street and do a church service. And the, the leaders of that ministry called me to let me know that nine people received Jesus Christ last Thursday. Amen. So that was, Amen. yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And, and you know what? That happens because of your donations. We yeah. give out over 1,500 pounds of clothes every week, blankets, coats, jackets, 
men's clothes. Say that again. Yeah. Men's clothes is a, is a huge need out there. But, but without the tools, those that are serving on the street, the evangelists that are serving on the street, would not be able to do what they do. Yeah. So, so the, the commodity that continues to come into the ministry mm-hmm. allows those that are called to serve in different areas of the ministry to do what they are called to do. Yeah. So next Sunday, we're inviting people from our church to uh, clean out your closet and bring in some clothes. And uh, yes. because, Phil, these people have way too many clothes in their closets. I can tell. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and especially like jackets and things like that, maybe coats, blankets, pill- pillows, Absolutely. new socks and underwear, but clothes in general. And we're going to deliver them from our church to get them to you, and you can help bring them to people who yeah, have a need. Thank you. Thank so. you in advance. I know that those that are serving the ministry yeah. alongside us would really appreciate anything that you can do. Well, we might give a coat and give some money, but you lead the ministry, so thank you. Can we give him a big uh, yeah. thank you? Thank for, you. Appreciate you, Phil. Wow. You know, it's, uh, it's easier to help out when somebody started something, but I always want to uh, take time to honor the person who's a point person who said, I'll start it and I'll lead it. Um, because most of us in society today, we want to help out somewhere a little bit, you know, when it works good in our schedule, keep our options open. And other people say, you know what, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to jump in and figure it out. And I honor anybody who chooses to do that. Thank you for what you do. Point number two is this, disciples minister to others because we love the Lord. And we don't just do it to be nice. Um, we, it's more than just giving out a handout. It's not just feeling good about ourselves. It's living on mission for the Lord. The love of God compels us. We minister to others because we love God and we know he would have us to do it. The Great Commission is very clear. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and earth. Man, some of the disciples um, were shocked by that. He sent them out in groups. Of tw- he took the 12 and said, listen, I'm going to send you. I'm going to give you my authority. So we, we, we preached about that a few weeks ago, like six groups of two went out and they were doing things that Jesus did. And then Jesus sends out 72 and it's the same thing. And then Jesus says, after he's resurrected, he looks at his disciples, his followers, he says, this is the one thing that I want you to remember for all time. This is the great commission. It's the co-mission between God and his people. So this is our mission. And he looks at him, he says, I've been given all authority under heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Every church has a mission. It's called the Great Commission. Whatever your last local church was, whatever your next local church is, we all have the same mission. We're going to make disciples. We're going to teach and baptize, and we're going to go in, in, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And here's the reality. Disciples often don't realize the power that's available inside of them because Jesus said, here's the authority I'm giving to you. Pastors grow weary, and we forget the power behind us. Missionaries forget the reason uh, that, they, that they can go. It's not because of their abilities. It's, be, it's because of the authority of heaven and earth and the power and the strength of God behind them. And then it says this, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and surely, and be sure of this, I am always, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I am so glad that God is with you always. God is with you during the valleys of your life, in the valley of the shadow of death. God is with you during the dark times. God is with you when someone hurts you and harms you intentionally. God is with you during COVID. Thank you, thank you. Right? God is with you in western Washington in the winter. And God is with you when you get that prognosis at the doctor or that division in your family. Jesus gave us a mission. 
And point number three is this. The reason that you can impact this world is because God's power is in you and he is with you. He's given you authority. He's given you strength. He's given you abilities and power. It's not that you're going to go out and study a lot, lift weights, listen to a lot of TED Talks and become a great speaker. It's because of what he's doing in and through you. You can be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness because of the Holy Spirit in you. It is not by might nor my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So let's not try to work really hard in our own strength. Let's ask God for his divine help and his impartation of his strength in our lives. I'm going to invite our missionaries to Africa, Weston and Allison Stover, to come join me up here. Uh, you can give them a hand as they come if you don't mind. Weston is from Issaquah, and Allison is here in Lacey. Actually, she grew up like less than a mile from our church. So we think you guys are pretty awesome. And um, we've been supporting you guys since you guys headed out in the field, I think 2016, you said. So first of all, just kind of introduce yourselves and let us know what you do for those who don't know you. Yeah, thanks for having us back. I'm Weston, Salson. We are girls, Leona and Millie, uh, are four and two. There they are. Uh, they like to hand out prayer cards against our wishes and... And hand out crickets. I don't know if you guys were given a cricket as you walked in today, but that was probably our girls. Because uh, we got some at, those, at the table out there if you want to try something uh, to eat afterwards. Your kids really eat crickets. Yes, they shovel them in. By the handful. Like yeah. handfuls of crickets. Yeah, they are costing us And you were in kids' ministry talking about... Yeah, and all the kids wanted to try crickets, too. I do, they do so ask your kids what snack was in children's church today. Just, some of the moms are freaking out right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're high in protein. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're in Malawi in Southern Africa, and um, we could do a couple different things. Allison's uh, focus is in sustainable agricultural ministry and using that as a platform for outreach and discipleship amongst the poorest of society. And then I am discipling university students on the secular campuses because uh, we believe that they're going to be the future leaders of the nation. And rather than leading uh, from a place of corruption, which is pretty much the status quo. We want to see Jesus transform their hearts and begin to lead from a place of compassion, begin to change society from that, in that way. So, yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Awesome. And you told a great story in the last service about how, kind of like, when you're five years old, you didn't really see yourself doing this. Yeah, so this was a kind of a surprise to Pastor Peter, I think. Um, and for those of you that might know me well, it might be a surprise for you, too. It's kind of this little secret of mine. I uh, don't tell too much, but maybe I should. When I was five, I have a twin brother. That's another secret, too. He has red hair. That's where Leona gets it from. I get that question all the time. Uh, so my twin brother, we are very different people in every way. The red hair, had blonde. He's like strong and burly man. I'm not that at all. Um, and he also was very extroverted and loved to talk to people. And I was not that person either. And in fact, I was so shy and afraid of people that if someone said, hello, Allison, I would cry. Like, not just like be shy. I would cry tears because they're talking to me. And so now I've come a long way, hey, <laughs> quite a bit in the last 30 years. And, uh, yeah, it's still not my nature to want to be up and talking to tons of people. Mm -hmm. But it's honestly the Lord's strength in me. And I, I think, honestly, I've only come to walk in it in the last four years because of how hard our last missions term was in so many different areas. I mean, we had kids. We moved continent. or Yeah, different continents. We were in Portugal for a little bit. We were in Africa for a bit. We moved countries within Africa. There were a lot of factors that really just made things difficult. Um, but I think when, I mean, we were singing this song earlier.
earlier today. You said it, and I believe it. So if, if Jesus really did say that all authority has been given to him, and that that authority lives in us, and I was just talking with your guys' kids who are amazing downstairs. They're amazing kids, and they are repeating this with me, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can't do it without the motions anymore. <laughs> um, but if it's true... If Jesus said it and I believe it, then that means I need to walk in it, right? And I cannot cry when people talk to me anymore. <laughs> but not just that. But, but I need to tell people about him too. And it has allowed me to grow in ministry in a different way. And uh, I never saw myself leading a sustainable agricultural ministry, not just because of who I am, but because I don't have a background in sustainable agriculture. Right. But I wanted to learn it because I love these people and I want to see them love the Lord. And I have such an influence with these guys because of Christ in me. I'm surrounded by tall men all day. My team is tall men that fling chicken poop. I mean, that's what we work with, and this is what we're doing. And I only have influence in their lives because of Christ in me, and he has transformed me mm -hmm. because of the authority that he's been able to give to me. And their lives are being changed. It's the respect of Christ that they see. And I just think... I'm, I'm just really I'm thankful to be able to have been able to walk in that and learn from it. And I think Weston, too, has grown in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, these last four years have been the hardest of our lives. And uh, we've just faced a lot of external attack in various forms. Um, Children attack, too. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, that, too. Is four. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it was discouraging. And it, it, it's the kind of things that make you want to quit sometimes, just come home, you know. And um, there were days when I felt like that. But... But something that God has been showing me is like Paul wrote to the Romans that affliction in our lives uh, can make us more confident in our, our faith in God. Mm -hmm. And that seems counterintuitive because usually affliction causes us to doubt God's goodness more. He says, but it shouldn't work that way. And it all depends on the, on the authority that Christ has in our lives, right? Because if, if there's any small area where Christ does not have authority, mm -hmm then when trials and difficult circumstances come your way, those become threats because suddenly we don't have 100% certainty that Jesus can handle that. Yeah. And if, if, that, if affliction is a threat to us, then we're certainly not going to go and make disciples, especially mm -hmm. when it's inconvenient and uncomfortable, right? But if Jesus really has authority over all heaven and earth and everything that could ever come against us, mm -hmm. then suddenly they're not threats anymore, but they're opportunities for us to see God's sovereignty and his authority on display mm -hmm. through our lives. And that causes our faith to grow. And so as these things have been coming at us, um, I feel like I've seen God step in and be like, kind of like, intersect these things and be like, usurp their purpose. They are coming to destroy me, and Jesus steps in and he says, no, this is not going to destroy you. I'm going to permit it, but it's going to build my kingdom through mm -hmm. you. And so that's been something that's hard but good to learn. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad uh, you guys have stuck through COVID and some of the hardships that I know about that not everybody here knows about. And I'm glad that little five-year-old shy girl who knew nothing about sustainable farming is or in Jesus, Africa. Or, or Jesus. <laughs> you didn't grow up with Jesus no. or sustainable farming is yeah. working with giant uh, African men. And they'll actually listen to you. Yeah, it's great. So can we give them a big hand for everything that they do? Thank you, guys. You know, we sometimes say it, but it's true. Um, there's kind of this threefold process. Like, we need to pray for those who are uh, serving God full-time, especially cross-cultural like that, or in places where a discouragement comes really hard and fast. It's easy to point out people's flaws, 
Um, but what people really need is somebody to get behind them and pray for them, encourage them, adopt them, if you will, and support them. And we need to give. Um, we need to support those ministries wherever possible. In our church, uh, we have this huge missions fund. We all give to it. And then our team goes through and sorts out all the needs and uh, make sure that, that we're on track with our missions, communicates with our missionaries, and then we support them and send checks out. It is absolutely amazing what God's enabled us to do as a church. But I want to challenge you with this thought. If you've never gone on a trip, if you've never stretched yourself to go on a mission trip before, I would just love if somebody did your funeral one day, if they said, did he ever or did she ever like get on a plane or a train or a boat, not for vacation, but to go work? Did she ever take her vacation time and her own money, and did she ever go pay all that just to serve Jesus and make an impact while she was on earth before she entered eternity? And as a pastor, when I sit down with people's families, I love to ask that question. Did they ever, did they ever do something just deeply self-sacrificial? Maybe you've never been on a mission trip in your life. Uh, maybe there's a physical reason why you can't go. Maybe you can fund somebody else who can go. Uh, this year in our church in October, there's a trip to Panama uh, coming up, and um, it's an opportunity to go. There's other trips available to you. But stretch yourself, push yourself, live your life in such a way that when you get to the end, you can say, God, use me to do something much bigger than me, something I didn't think I could do. And I'll tell you what, little Allison didn't think she could do what she could do. And I'll tell you what, Peter Degana, eight years old in this church in a third grade Sunday school class, never thought he'd be standing here. And I don't know what it is that God has for you that's too big for you, but I sure hope you'll try. I sure hope you'll give him a chance. Can we pray? Lord, this thing about missions is just so hard. It's just, it's sacrifice. It's cross-cultural ministry. Sacrificing finances. Stretching ourselves to do things. And God, whatever it is you've asked each one of us to do, not just for your kingdom and missions, but to live on the mission wherever we go. God, the days are passing by. And we can give thousands and thousands of dollars or we can watch thousands and thousands of Instagram reels. But life will end either way. So God, don't let us settle. Don't let us miss the adventure. Help us, God, to finance these heroes and champions. Lord, help us to pray and support and encourage others. And God, today for the person who's here and their faith needs to be revived. They need to tackle a mountain that's going to take Jesus' help. And their faith has been tame. And you have something for them that's bigger than they could, than they even want to admit. But Lord, if you are with them and if you are for them, they can do it. So don't let them dream small dreams. Help them to start ministries. Help them to go places. Help them to change the world in their office, their home, their church. God, we need you. And we ask for the grand adventure of serving you until our last breath comes. We honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. Amen. If you feel a tug towards missions, make sure you let one of our staff know. We want to support you and get behind you and pray with you. There's lots of missionaries in the lobbies. Make sure you encourage someone out there, greet somebody, and bless them, all right? Looks like the sun is shining today. Go have an incredible uh, Sunday in March, all right? God bless you.